Welcome to another episode of Eat, Chat, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me, as always, is... Me. That's John D. And this week, we're talking about SimCity. And I, I put here, we'll write joke later. And uh, the joke is that I did write the joke, because Will Wright is the guy that made SimCity. Har, 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 Do you get it? Har, har, har. Um, we're talking about city building games. Like Copenhagen. Oh, yep. Well, okay, well, yep. Let's go. So Copenhagen is from Queen Games. And it is a it's a, a pattern building kind of Tetris-y game. Like the, the pieces in the game are actual. They look like Tetris pieces. So the, the premise of the game is that you are trying to build uh, facades in. Like uh, your player board looks like a building. You're trying to use the Tetris pieces to build the facade of the building. Uh, some of the pieces have like little windows on them and there is a deluxe edition where instead of chits, you get these really, really nice like plastic tile. I don't know. Is it, are they plastic or they're like PVs? I don't know. I don't have them, so I don't know. Well, you played with them. Yeah, but <laughs> you have them. You should know. I think they're acrylic. They're amazing. Uh, you can even see through the little windows. They're, they're really cool. But so each of the Tetris piece uh, pieces are made up of a certain number of blocks, just like the ones you would have seen in the old Tetris game. And it takes that many cards of the color of the block in order to build that build that particular piece of your building. So you're really just trying to complete rows and columns. And you get more points in a row or a column if it has nothing but windows, which is really challenging because uh, all the pieces have more spots that are not window than there are so it's really really hard to do a whole column or a whole row of windows but if you're able to do it you get double the points so then it's just a race to whoever gets 12 points first or if you actually play a game where nobody gets to 12 points um before the end game is triggered the end game is also triggered by uh, a card draw that if you go through the deck a second time so that's the basic premise of the game it's really easy to learn how to play it's really easy to play. I think it is a really great gateway game. Now, I've never been to Denmark, but my understanding is that this the idea of this game is based on like there's a specific street in Copenhagen that the buildings look like this. Sure. Uh, that, that's that is what I've been led to believe. I mean, the the cards that you draw are like at the port or something mm-hmm. because it's like a it's set up to look like a ship. Uh, and yeah. A port and everything. So. I don't know. I've never been to Copenhagen, and I really haven't ever paid much attention to Copenhagen, other than knowing it exists. And so. I've never been to Denmark at all, so I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Denmark. But I do know this: I had a real bad time when we played because I never could get this. Is this? I don't want to blame. I don't want to blame Jeremy for my misfortune. But every time, just blame Jeremy. It, it was his fault because every time a color came up, and I was like, "Oh, I need that color." No one would take it. Cat wouldn't take it. You wouldn't take it. And then I'd be like, all right, great. It's going to be, oh, no, Jeremy just took the exact two cards that I needed. Cool. So the way, the reason, what Jared is talking about, there are always, I believe it's five. Five? Seven? So there's a bunch of cards out. Uh, When you take, if you decide to take the action where you're taking cards, you take two cards and they have to be adjacent to each other. And the cards are just in the different colors of the, the Tetris pieces. Seven. It's seven cards. So what Jared's describing is he needed particular colors for what he was planning to build, and one of those colors would come out, and then apparently my husband know. was building the no. same things. No, not apparently. Not so apparently. My, my husband was hate drafting. Yep. I mean, he wasn't, but he was. Mm. Whatever. We'll just blame him. 
Um, there's like 17 different versions of this game that you can get. If you want to pick up this game, here's what you need to know. There are two Kickstarter editions. There's the collector's edition that includes the retail edition, plus it has the two expansions, plus it has the acrylic. There's that also... That seems a little bit like overkill. Yep. Yeah, there's also... It also has a sleeve. There's also the deluxe edition that includes the acrylic components in a special box. What? I think that's the one I have. I don't really care about the special box, though. There's a retail deluxe edition that is just the retail one without the expansions, but it comes with the acrylic. So Maybe that's uh, the one I have. I don't know. I have I have the acrylic pieces, yeah. and I think they're great. If Had I never played with the acrylic pieces, I wouldn't care. If I'd never played with them and I was just playing with the chits, I would have been completely fine with it. But having played with the acrylic pieces, I don't want to play with the chits ever. Yeah. Because the acrylic pieces are pretty awesome. Uh, and if, if I'm going to pull this game out a lot to play with family and with non-gamers, then chances are there's going to be people eating food when we're playing the game. And not Wait, pieces. I'm just saying if I'm playing with family, don't it's let, usually... Don't let food in there. Okay. But anyway, um, plastic pieces don't get bent and damaged as easily anyway. So it's uh, I think it's like 70 bucks if you get the, the deluxe edition. It's like 50 uh, for the retail edition. So if you can afford the extra 20 bucks and you think you get the game to the table at least two or three times, then I think it's worth the 20 bucks, but it's still a good game regardless of whether or not you have the acrylic pieces. Yeah. Uh, specifically what you said was, uh, why would anyone ever buy the cardboard version? So what I translated that to was John D and Jeremy think you should not get the cardboard one. If you can afford the one with plastic tiles. Yes. I mean, like, it's fine. I'm sure it plays just fine if you just get the, the regular retail version. It doesn't have the same table presence. And if you're like me and you're a sucker for, like, cool components and cool table presence, then it's worth the extra 20 bucks. But, I mean, if, if you don't want the acrylic pieces, it's fine. It's still a good game and it's still a great gateway game. I don't know what it was about this game other than probably just... Jeremy forcing me to have bad draws, but I had a really bad time. Like I, th this wasn't like when we were playing trick taking games and I said, I actively hate this game. I actively want to stop playing this game. It wasn't like that. It doesn't really matter what I do, what cards I take. And several times I said, there's not a card. There's not a hand limit, right? Cause I'm just going to keep taking cards that but don't do anything. But there is a hand limit. Yeah, there is. Um, seven, nine, yeah, something seven. like that. I, I don't know. Seven. So I ended up j just six, seven, I don't know, drawing cards that I didn't need and then immediately throwing them away because I could tell that they were cards that other people needed. Yeah. So. And unfortunately, in the game, you <laughs> can't do a blind draw, which in Jared's case might have been helpful. But yeah, I just would have done that every time. But, you know, with games like this that where there's going to be some luck to them. Unfortunately, sometimes the luck of the draw is going to be the bad luck of the draw. Yeah. And that's just. That's just I'm something not you mad. can't. Yeah, I'm just. It's. I'm just. It's. It's something you can't really mitigate if you're playing games like that, where there's a card drawing component or a dice throwing component. It's just you have to. You just know going into it that, that you could have a bad play. Yeah, it was just a lot of well, okay, I'll draw and see what happens. Oh, I guess nothing. Okay, well, you should have just changed your tactic and been like, oh, I'm gonna go for this other color well, instead. I think by the time that I realized that I probably should have done that, uh, all of those colors were also gone. Well, see, what I think you were trying to do was I think you were aiming to try to do the four and five block uh, Tetris pieces mm. instead of just go all in on the smaller ones. Mm. And I did, I've done I that before. I got a Tetris, John D, and then you... <laughs> part of my building disappeared and I got a thousand points. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't do too poorly, though. No, you didn't. I mean, I think we, I think we all scored pretty close to one another by the end of the game. So but... even if you're having a bad time with this one, you still, surprisingly, you do okay. And it's a quick game. Um, yeah, 20 to 40 minutes is what this says. I think most games that I've played now that I know how to play it, maybe 
maybe 25 minutes. Well, well definitely 20 to 40. Yep. Do you, do you have any other uh, comments? Uh, no. It's a uh, it's good game. Queen Games. Uh, a lot of their games, I don't think you can find a lot of them in retail stores. You have to hit Amazon for this one. Mm. Um, but Amazon a, Prime, no shipping. From them? Do they have a, a web store? I, I don't believe they know. do. I believe they do have a web store. So web store okay. or Amazon. But I believe if you do Amazon, then you get free shipping. So. I think all of the Queen games that I have, I've picked up either at conventions that they've been at or when they've done like a Kickstarter for like a big box collection. Like, yeah, I, I mean, don't think I that bought Alhambra do... a long time ago. But then when they did the Alhambra like big box collection, I was like, OK, it's like $80 and I get everything. Yeah. Even the out of print stuff. OK, yeah. I don't think most of their games or any of their games, I don't know, are in retail. Maybe mm. maybe they are. But most of them are not, at least not right now. Okay. Um, so catch Kickstarters. But for this particular one, Amazon, it's uh, Amazon Prime. So what do you know about the Copenhagen dice game? Roll and write. What is it? Uh, there's a Copenhagen roll and write coming out. And I'm assuming it's going to be kind of along the lines of like, I think, I think it's lantern dice where you're kind of filling in different areas. That would be my guess mm. is that if there's still going to be that Tetrisy component, but you're probably going, it's going to have something to do with writing it in. But I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. So knowing that I like this game and I do like roll and writes, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah. It looks like it was released at Essen. So it'll probably come over here before too much longer. It'll start showing up at whatever conventions queen goes to this year yeah i would think cool there's a game called city skyline and it's the best computer game simulation city building game that is on the market it's better than SimCity 5 because that game is poo poo garbage so if you want to play a city building game you buy city skylines if you want to play a city building board game i don't know maybe you also buy cities colon skylines hyphen the board game it's from cosmos it's tile placement because it's a city building game. Um, it also a, has a little bit of a Tetrisy aspect to it. Yes. There's also um, some app integration. Um, the app can run you through the scenarios that it has and help you do like scenario setup, which really? we, we didn't do because we just did the scenarios um, that are in the book. I mean, I've looked at the app and I was like, okay, it's cool. It's a little wonky. Seems unnecessary. Has some problems. It is absolutely 100% unnecessary, which is why I like it. I mean, I don't particularly care for games that require an app because in five years when... I don't know, when Google Play says, hey, you need to update all your apps or we're removing them from the store and these companies don't maintain their apps because they don't pay whatever, whoever right. the developer I mean, we've was. talked about that before. App-assisted app games versus app-dependent games. And right. I think we have an episode planned for app-dependent ones. But but anyway, the point is that you don't have to use the app. The app is completely optional. It is very hard. It is. Uh, we you might want to watch some playthrough videos yeah. before you play it because You might want to learn rules... German and read the German rule book too. So the English rules are not 100% clear on a few things. So Jared and I, on our first playthrough, we didn't lose, but we did not win very well. Like, we did very poorly. Yeah, it's it's cooperative, um, which some people that have played this game and talked about this game did not like that it was a co-op game because they didn't see the point in having more than one player, which is a fair point for a game like this. You would you could play this one solo. It's absolutely a fair point. The same game. It would be harder to get all the buildings out that you need to build without two players. In a one-player game, you get more cards, mm, so okay. I think it would balance out. But but yeah, basically the way the game the rundown of the game is, you have five cards in front of you. Um, it's all open information, but you have to uh, build using those cards various residential districts, commercial districts, industrial districts. Um, there are special like utility buildings that you have to build that like um, parks and hospitals and you get bonuses on certain buildings. If they're built near or next to hospitals, police stations, fire stations, 
the hard part of the game, you're going to run out of money. You're going to immediately run out of money. Your yep. crime rate is going to go through the roof. Yep. You're not going to have enough water or power. Too much toxic, toxic waste, too much traffic. Yes, but luckily you can get the bounce castle and you can bury <laughs> six toxic, three it's toxic waste in it. Three, I don't know. I don't understand. That's so, that's so a lot of the stuff in this game thematically makes a lot of sense to me. What doesn't make sense? Uh, so to explain kind of how this works, when you build specific buildings, they let, it makes you adjust different tracks in the game. There's there, And the bad tracks are crime, traffic, and toxic waste. What's the, are there four? Um, yeah, there's, yeah, crime, traffic, and whatever, whatever that is. That, I don't know. That is a, Waste, a barrel. garbage, whatever. Yeah, there's, no, because there's a garbage, water, there's, there's sewage management, yeah. water management, and electric management as well, but those are. Those aren't necessarily the bad things. So the toxic, I'm just calling it toxic waste because it looks like a barrel. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the park cards for when you build a park actually mitigate your I think your it's pollution. Toxic... I think, I think. The oh, icon represents pollution. See, okay, so, in so which thematically case, that would make a lot more sense. Yes. Because if there's a park, then you're not building industrial in that spot. But we've been saying like, all right, I'm going to build the dog park and I'm going <laughs> to bury some, some toxic, toxic waste, waste into it. But yeah, no, I think it is supposed to be like... That makes... It's managing the pollution. Well, thematically that makes a lot more sense. But yeah, you can build... If you build a police station, it reduces your crime rate. If you build a bus station, it, it helps with your traffic problems. So, I mean, everything in the game makes sense, but... Oh gosh, there's just there's so much to juggle. It is not a bad game. It is a great game. I enjoy it. I love it. I enjoy it. But what I don't love is how hard it is. We, we played it a couple times. I feel like the first time we just had really really bad draws and none of the good cards came up until late, and that really hurt our our resource management. Yeah, and and again, like I was saying with Copenhagen, any game where card drawing is is a driving mechanic. There's going to be times when mm -hmm. you just get a bunch of bad draws and it's going to badly affect your game. And unfortunately, this was our, our first playthrough between that and the fact that we played a couple of rules wrong made us well, not. Do we didn't play them wrong. We played what it said in the rule book. It just wasn't <laughs> wasn't the most clear. But we, we, we figured it out. We right. played it again. Um, we did much better the second time. Here's, here's one thing that I will say. Um, strategy wise. You, so there there's three decks of cards that you can draw from at any time. There's like tier one, tier twos, tier threes. The tier ones are all like residential, easy to build stuff. Tier two gets a little harder and tier three is the most difficult stuff to deal, deal with. It has the most resource management stuff in it at any time in the game. You can draw from those, those decks. Like when you have to draw a card, you can pick any of the three. Here's my, here's my secret pro strat for you. Go ahead and draw from the second one. Just go ahead and draw from the second one. Here's why, Jondi. Those, the the like the level two police stations and stuff that affect the whole district rather than just the adjacent tiles, yep. that's where those are. That's going to help a lot. Next time I play this game, I'm just going to ignore phase one cards, and I'm just going to go after phase two cards constantly. Mm, I'm not sure that's a good idea. It might not be. It might be, <laughs> it might be a really bad strategy. But, you know, why not? Why not try? You can't... I, Unless you lose, I don't think you can do more badly than we did in that first play. Yeah, we had 16 points. 16 which points. Is, uh, a failed city. Yep. So I guess we, in a sense, we lost because we... We lost, but we, we didn't... won poorly. So there's a couple of different ways you can lose. You can go bankrupt where you just don't have any money, obviously. That's what bankrupt means. Um, we came close to that in this in our most recent game. Yeah, if you don't... If ever you have to pay something and you don't have the money for it, then you lose. Um, if your city's happiness ever goes, goes below what, five, 10, you immediately lose. It's a uh, negative five. If it goes below negative five, then you lose the game. So 
I believe. It would be possible to do worse than we did, but not much. Not by much. I mean, you could literally lose the game instead of just winning badly. Um, yeah, but, but this is a relatively new release. Uh, it came out at the end of 2019, and I, I mean, I've seen some of the bigger named people talk about it. But I haven't seen any buzz about it at all. And I don't know why, because I think it's a great game. I just, I'm not entirely sure that Cosmos put a lot of marketing into it. Um, I didn't know it existed until you brought it up for this particular episode. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I don't go out looking for this kind of game. And I've never played the video game. So it wasn't on my radar for a bunch of reasons. But I certainly didn't see a lot of people talking about this one. And I have my finger on the pulse so to say, of, uh, of a lot of stuff going on in the industry. So, yeah, yeah, I never, this one skirted in under the radar. Well, I like the computer game. I played a lot of SimCity as a kid and as a young teen. And this really, if you had given this to me, I don't know, 20 years ago, would have blown my mind. Hmm. Would have absolutely blown my mind that there was this much control that you could have over a city simulation game. I mean, 20 years ago, my computer wouldn't run it. 10 years ago, my computer still can't run it because this is from, from 10 years, this mm-hmm. computer is from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I really, really enjoyed this game, and I want to play it more and actually get a good score. Our second score was much better. It still wasn't. But we mismanaged some stuff, and there's a penalty if you end the game with a bunch of negatives. We ended up the last round. We had, what, I think 19 happiness on the happiness chart. It was super awesome. But we took a penalty of 17 happiness because we just mismanaged everything so badly. Yeah. So we got uh, a mainly, plus two out of that we had We had to end the game when we did. You can choose when to end the game, which I think is a little weird. But really the only option we had, if we could either keep playing and lose. Yeah, then it turns into a press your luck game where we would spend the money to get rid of a card and hope and we got a good card. And then hope we got a good one because it was, we were going to have to pay money to end the game. So we opted to end the game. And that's just, uh, I would definitely, I would definitely like to play this one some more. It was fun. I would love this as an app. Oh, it would make a great app. I would pay $10 for this as an app. I so would pay. Well, then you're taking it back in the digital. Yeah. It came for digital to a board game. And I know. And we call it digital again? Yeah. Okay. That's okay. If you buy this board game, it comes with a coupon for the computer game. Hmm. But it expires at the end of March 2020. So, you know, hurry up. Jump on that now. Well, we also played a game called Quadropolis from mm-hmm. Days of Wonder. This is another one that I'd really like to play some more. I, after playing through it one time, I feel like I could have done a lot better. So it is a, it's another tile placement game, which uh, you might be detecting a theme here. I think a lot of the city building type games are going to be tile placement. This one's also a set collection game. There is a grid out in the center, like a, a all the players have access to a grid of tiles. Yes. And you place like to get the tiles that you're like drafting or I don't know, would you call it drafting? Um, yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah. You have to be able to place your person at the end of a row or column in the grid that what are the, what are the stipulations there that look that keeps you, if there's already somebody there, then you can't. Right. So you have uh, your architect tiles are numbered one to four, one to five in the advanced rules, but the advanced rules, the advanced rules do not make for a better game. They make for a worse game. Okay, so just stick with the rules. So one to four. And when you place them out, your architect cannot be pointing at the, not the thief, but whatever it's called in this game. Not the Catan thief, but whatever. I don't know. It was called something. It was, yeah. it was like the developer or something, but whatever. It was just there to block you. So it couldn't be pointing at that. Mm-hmm. So basically if it was in that row or column. You couldn't put your dude there. Right. So if you put a one, then you take 
the one that's right next to it. If you took a four, you took one that was four away. Then when you take that, you have to put it in your city district on either a row or column that had the one or the four or the three or whatever number you took. Unless you were adding floors onto a housing apartment complex, then you could, there Place was a different on, rule. Yeah. Um, specifically, that rule is if if you take a two and you're adding it as the second floor, you can use that tile. But mostly it's, you had to put them in, in that specific row and column. And it's a lot harder than it sounds. Because there's a lot of stipulations, like you only get points for this thing if it's near this other thing. Mm -hmm. And, oh, whoops, I don't have any place left where I can build this other thing. So it's very... You can do what Jeremy did and just use all of his twos at the very beginning of the game. And then he couldn't do twos (laughs) at all anymore. Well, I think I did that in the first round. And then after that, I was like, oh, I need to use the big numbers first. Because otherwise, I won't be able to build anything at the end of the round. Mm -hmm. So I figured that out pretty quickly. I think I even said that out loud. And Jeremy still... Used his twos first. Yeah, my strategy, I think, I think what's the best strategy is in the first round, use whatever numbers, doesn't matter. Just get a couple things that you know are going to be useful for whatever strategy you're you're trying to do. So if like if you're trying to do high high rise residentials, go for those. In the second round, use your big number first. Use your four, then your three, then your two, then your one, because I think it's going to start getting harder to get stuff as other players start formulating their strategies. Right. And then by the end round, oh boy, if you have anything left, you can get. Start with your high numbers, maybe go to your low if you see something and someone's going to snipe it from you. But overall, I think out of all the city games we played, this one was the best gameplay wise. Oh, I would 100% agree. Definitely not thematic wise. I I think the theme was, this could have been anything. This could have been you're collecting donuts to put in your donut box. I mean, it could have been anything. I think it also will, I think it will also scale well with player count because you take certain tiles off of the board after placement, depending on if they are for three or four player. So if you're playing with two player, you, you know, you just get rid of all the three and four player tiles and it balances out. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. It, it was a fun game. I definitely, like I said, when we first started talking about it, I, I, would like to play it again because having played it once, I think I would formulate a better strategy next time because this time it was as I my normal style of play until I really click into a game is throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And that did not work out well for me in this one. Now, I got this game in 2016 and I think I think there's just one expansion. I really don't think that Days of Wonder has paid any attention to this game. I could be totally wrong. There could be like 15 expansions, but I I think I think this game could benefit from a revival because I think it's a really good game. Very, very approachable. Yeah, I would agree. Most of these games were very, most of them, not all of them. Most of them were very approachable. Yeah, I guess not all of them. Well, we're just blazing through. Uh, This is going to be a short one. All right. John D is going to time me because she yelled at me last time for taking too long doing this. But what I really want you guys to do is I want you to subscribe to us on YouTube because we're going to start using that a little bit more. And uh, we're actually having current and past episodes uploaded to youtube i also want you to go to itunes and give us five star review i mean you can give us any star review but we would love a five star review no either all the stars or don't even bother (laughs) okay john d also wants you to follow us on facebook and instagram because she does she handles those most of the time and i want you to follow us on twitter even though i do a really bad job at twittering yeah i probably should start doing more on there as well uh, our Instagram is the most active. Mm-hmm. We also have a Discord channel where you can join and talk to us and join the conversation and give us your opinion on uh, how awful this social media commercial is. <laughs> that was awful. Was that under 45 seconds? Oh, my God. How, how was my time, Johnny? It was good. Well, moving on from that train wreck, we played a game that... Mm. Okay. 
I think thematically, this one is the best city builder. Gameplay wise, it's a mess. And here, here's what I mean. First of all, I'm taking this over from you because you made a noise and then just kind of looked at me. This is Welcome to Centerville. It's a GMT game designed by Chad Jensen. And Chad Jensen's games are a lot of managing minute details about things. So I, I didn't mind that part. Right, right, right. So the mechanics, it's a Yahtzee-style game where you can roll and re-roll to try to get a better thing. And then it becomes an area control game. There is so much going on in this game as far as scoring. The scoring is a mess, but the scoring is the game. However... I think this best emulates running a city because you have to deal with there's there's politics things you have to deal with. You have to maintain your parks. You can't just build buildings in random places and hope that it works out. It really matters where and how you build the buildings. The, the, the problem with the scoring is you get points for seemingly random things, which is not to say they are random. It's just if you read the rule book and then play it once, you're, you're not going to know what's going on. You just won't. Your score is based on the lower of your two scores, your wealth and your fame or whatever. I don't know what they're called. I don't remember. Your, your, one was shaped like a coin and one was shaped like a, a war medal, but it was the lowest of those two. Yeah. So I don't think this game was the best of anything. I think, sure, <laughs> thematically it tracks. Yeah. But the problem is mechanically it, it's a dumpster pot. It, it's like a flame. It's awful. I hated this game. Like I really hated this game. Because there were so many things. There's so many things that you could do. And if you don't do all of them exactly correctly, you're going to lose. But you can't do all of them exactly correctly. Well, it's impossible. I think some of the, it's dice. Some of the things in the game, I think, were just completely unneeded. And that it would be a better game if they just weren't in the game at all. Like, it, the game could be streamlined and still be the same game. Yeah, because be there's, there's the set collection part aspect of the game that honestly most of us ignore. There's because... that weird river crap. <laughs> like that river is just stupid. Like that whole river could be gone and it would still be the same game. So there's lots of things that you can do in the game. A lot of things you can do. You can uh, improve your parks. You can build cities in uh, There's four different districts plus there's a center park board. You can, um, the thing that John D was saying about the river. So if you spend your dice to play quote unquote in the river, you just temporarily put your action marker in that river. And then at the end of the round, it moves over and you build like a riverside villa. You can also spend money or, um, sorry, dice on getting political offices. You can spend your dice on like upgrading your ability to get points more easily. You can also, buy the newspaper and have control over what the news can report on. I don't know thematically what's going on there. And then there's a set collection aspect as well. I think I said that already, but the problem is that it's entirely driven by dice rolls and it, it's, you're never going to get what you need. You will never get what you need. It's literally impossible nope. for you to get the dice rolls that you need. Yep. And it's, it's and, so impossible. In well, fact, that on two of the dice are these park benches but in order to go in the park bench space, you need three park benches. So when I say it's literally impossible for you to get the dice rolls that you need, I mean, physically, you cannot get the dice rolls that you need. But there's there's some dice that have like a, a joker. A wild. Like so you would use wild. those. So I like dice games. I like, I have no problem with there being luck in my game. So, the, you know, I didn't have a problem with the fact that a lot of it was dictated by the dice rolls. And I don't even mind point salad games usually because this is very much a point salad kind of game. Oh, it's a point I salad just, buffet. I just feel like there was there was so much stuff that you just don't care about any of it. 
because there's too much stuff. And it's not that it was complicated. It just was a mess. It's the way I felt. I, I hated this game. <laughs> um, I remember my favorite quote from the entire play was when Jeremy said, I think the guy that made this game is a robot. <laughs> so because of the weird scoring. So uh, board game geek considers this to be relatively light. It is not. It's more medium. I would absolutely say that it's medium. Um, but yeah, so you just, you roll six dice. You go, great. Did I get anything that I needed? No. And you can re-roll uh, up to three rolls. And then just you like assign Yahtzee. your dice. And then you go, great. What did that do for me? <laughs> so. <laughs> and then you go, oh, nothing. Here's because a th- I put that in the wrong place. Great. Here's a thought exercise. Can you think of a game that has that Yahtzee mechanic to it where you're rolling dice to try to get sets? Where you roll less than or more than three in your turn? Like, mm. as the driving mechanic? Mm. I don't know. There's got to be, right? Because, I mean, as, as you were saying that, I started thinking about all the other dice games, even that I've played fairly recently, that you're doing kind of that Yahtzee thing. And all of them are, you can roll up to three times. Yeah. Like, all of them. Well, I mean, if you're going to steal mechanics from Yahtzee, I mean, Yahtzee's been around for like a million years. Right. Uh, did did you know this is a real a real science fact? Yahtzee was the first board game that was invented um, forty thousand years ago. <laughs> okay. They they found mummified um, Yahtzee score sheets. I don't think they called it Yahtzee. If you're if you're even oh, uh, it was called UG. Uh huh. I don't believe you because <laughs> so, you are what? so full it's of crap. It's a real. It's a you are real. So full of crap. I didn't make this up, Johnny. It's real. You can ask any scientist. Okay. No, but no, I don't know. I don't know if there's one that, that you roll less than three. I don't know. Or more than three. I mean, you if, can roll more than three in this one if you have the the. Well, I mean, I'm just saying I, that's what I mean that as the. Uh, that's what I mean as in as the regular driving mechanic of the game. Right. Because in lots King, of those games, there's ways to add. Yeah, in King of Tokyo, if there's a power up that lets you re-roll. In Dungeon Roll, I think that's just to go until you can't go anymore. So maybe that that could be an example. One. But is that uh, set collection dice rolling? Sort I don't think of, it is. It's not set collection because you, you don't want to have multiple of the same thing. You want so to have So it's the opposite yeah. of of what I'm talking about. If you can think of one Nazi. But not spelled that way. But like Yahtzee, but not Yahtzee. Maybe I should have thought about it before I said <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, if you're listening and you can think of one that uses the Nazi st- <laughs> 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 Oh my god. I'm leaving all this in because. So okay, because <laughs> so if you can think of one that uses the Yahtzee style, like roll to try to get multiples of the same thing that doesn't say three, like up to three rolls, tweet at us or send us a message on social media and say, hey, here's one you didn't think of. Yeah, well, I think I think any of them that we didn't think of. <sighs> um, wow, that was a good distraction from from the rest of this. Uh, welcome to Centerville. I don't even know how to jump back on this. Um. I think I was the only person playing it that liked the game. You were. You were uh, definitely. Now, Kat said she would give it another play. I would play it if everybody with us wanted to play the game, but I would play it under protest. Well, okay. There's also those disasters that happened that even if you had oh. made progress, you oh still. Oh my God. F those disasters. <laughs> I think it's a good game. I enjoyed it. It was a very frustrating experience, but not in a, for me, bad way. As far as score goes, we all set, we all ended up pretty close uh, mm-hmm. in the same score. So I think we all did about the same, whether or not it was good or bad. I think in a, in a rare twist, you beat me. I did. And that doesn't happen very often. You and I came out 
dead, like we came in third and fourth, but it was a, a rare occurrence that I had more points than you. Yes, because so at some point. That was my little win there. For at the day. one point in the game, I just stopped whatever it was I was trying to do and just decided that I was going to do whatever Jeremy was trying to do to try to block him. Well, and I should point out that, that I think generally, even when I, with the exception of a few games, looking at you, Galaxy Trucker, I generally, even if I'm not enjoying a game, I stick through it with it till the end and I don't stop. And like, I'm not, I don't just sit there and stop playing. Like I keep trying to play as well as I can, even if I am not enjoying the game with the exception of a few games where I just said, nope, peace out. I'm done. And there's a couple like that. There's probably going to be more when we work on uh, the real-time episode. But You just picked it up and dumped it back in the box. I did the same thing with Paramedics Clear. So there's a theme there. But anyway, uh, I'm sure there is an audience for Welcome to Centerville. It's just not me. Yeah, I think that audience is me. Well, do you want to talk about Kickstarters? Sure. I mean, there's a city-building Kickstarter that's available right now, but I don't think that I'm interested in it. Uh, I'm not either. There's three, no, two. There's two Kickstarters I'm interested in right now. There's two or three that you're interested in right now. Yeah. Well, I'll just really quickly mention, I don't know anything about it because I looked at it and said, wow, it's just a pile of resin pieces. And I don't know that there's a game there. I'm sure there is. Um, But Arcane Wonders launched Foundations of Rome. It is a city building game by Emerson Matsuchi. I'm sure it's a fine game, but Uh, I'm not interested. Design Reef, I think. He's a cool guy. I've met him. I'm really on the fence about it, and I don't know that it's for me. Now, what I do know is for me, and uh, is for anyone that is a child of the 80s. Jondi, did you know, just, just play along here, play along. Did you know that Restoration Games takes old games from the past and reimagines them as modern classics? No. That's right, Jondi, you dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Restoration Games has has launched their long-awaited and long-rumored Return to Dark Tower. Now, if you don't know anything about the Dark Tower board game, oh boy. Um, It was a, like, two-foot-tall piece of plastic that spun around very slowly, making awful noises, and stuff fell out of it. I mean, that's what what happened. Um, And the stuff that fell out of it was bad. That's how the game plays, Johnny. I just love your description there. Stuff fell out of it. Because you know? <laughs> to me, who'd never played the game, I'm thinking, well, is it because the tarot was breaking or is this a game mechanic? Like, um, Yeah, but it, it played music. Uh, it, it played sound effects. Um, it was, it was uh, honestly, it was a crappy game. But the cool thing about it was that it had a tower that did stuff. You put, I think it was D batteries. I think it was because everything in the eighties used D batteries. Yeah, yeah, used D batteries. Uh, but Restoration Games, uh, they they have a track record of taking these games and actually making them uh, like updating the rules to be better for modern modern gamers. Here's the thing, guys, it's not a bad game anymore. Now there is some app integration, and I know that a lot of people, John D included, are hesitant about that. I'm just hesitant about the game because I didn't. So a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of the restoration games, like these types of games, are all very much about nostalgia. And that's they fine. Are. That's totally fine because they're cool. They look really cool on the table. But are they like really awesome mechanically sound games? No. Like Fireball Island, it's really cool on the table, but it's pretty much just a move around the board and hope you don't get knocked over by marbles it's not a great game it's a fun game because of all the dumb things you get to do in it and the the way it looks on the table you like stop thief yeah stop yeah that was fine um 
I don't think any of these games are particularly great games. They're just cool, like nostalgia factor. Mm. And it doesn't mean that I won't play them. It doesn't even mean that I won't buy the game. I eventually got Fireball Island. But for me, I'm not going to like jump in in the Kickstarter because there's no nostalgia there for me. Sure. Well, our, our friend Laura has a copy of this game. and um, Of the original one, yeah, yes. Of this one. We could go to her house. It's not very far from here. And we could we could take it. <laughs> she already told you you can't have it. She told me that I could not have it. She didn't tell me that I couldn't break into her house and steal it. <laughs> she just said that she would not give it to me. Now, having said that, we don't need her anymore. We just need to spend like a million dollars to get this version. It is it is a little pricey, but, you know, um, it, it comes with like a two and a half foot tall tower that turns around. Well, yeah, and like the table presence is worth the money. Uh, you know, Fireball Island isn't a particularly cheap game, but it's worth the money. It's yeah. cool. Um, now that I have my game room all put together, I'm probably going to get the Fireball Island out and put it on a shelf somewhere mm-hmm. because it's it looks cool. Yeah. Um, so to go all in on this is like $230. So, you know, it's a little a little much. Uh, it's 125 just for the base game. So in this instance, it's not one where I would say pay definitely pay the extra money to go all in because it's a lot more extra money. So like, honestly, if you're not uh, if you were not excited about this already, this is probably for you. skip it. Like like with me, I will play the game. I may later on decide, oh, this is cool. I'll buy whatever retail, like whatever I can get at the at the convention or whatever. But I'm I'm not clamoring to go back this Kickstarter because there's two other Kickstarters right now I want to back, and I you know funding is limited, so I'm going for the other two. Well, what's your thing that you're you wanted to, to do? Well, there's two that I'm into right now. Uh-huh. Um, one of them, if you do listen to our episode regularly or even semi regularly, we uh, when we did our solo game episode we talked about a game called deep space d6 yeah which is one of like before that particular episode i didn't particularly understand why people would play solo games and i didn't think i would like any deep space d6 was one of the ones that i actually liked and after we played it i actually went online and bought the game so now they're doing a deep space d6 armada which is a dice placement co-op tabletop game so it's still since it's the co-op you can still play it as a solo player but now you can play with up to four players in the same universe as the deep space d6 game which is i don't know that it's a universe it's just you're in space right like i don't know that there's really a story there but you know it's a spaceship you're customizing your starship you're assembling a crew and you're trying to save the galaxy so uh i i'm ex- I, I think this is great i'm glad that uh this guy uh, I think it's something Tau Games. Tony Go. Um, Tau I'm, Leader Game. I'm really, really glad that he's making another game. Uh, I hope this may, means that Deep Space D6 will become more available again. Uh, I know that I don't know how unavailable it was. You, I could get it on the website, but I had heard rumor that once that was gone, it would be just gone forever. So maybe, maybe it won't be. Uh, it's it's a f- Deep Space D6 is a really fun game, and so I think that this one will probably be fun as well. And it's not a really high um, cost to get in on the game. Yeah. Now, his whole thing is he doesn't think that there should be anything. There's no stretch goals here because his his concepts for these games. Like, I know this is a controversial thing. Sometimes people say, well, stretch goals are just they take things out of the game and then sell them back to you, which sometimes, yeah, that's kind of what happened. But a lot of times it's economy of scale like we cannot afford to do this upgrade unless we have X amount of people willing to give us X amount of money. He doesn't believe in that. He just says, I'm going to make a quality game. I'm going to set the price at a price point that is fair and reasonable. 
And if more people pre-order it, then that's just more people that get the game. Well, and the thing with him, like, his games aren't aren't in general distribu distribution. Right. So it's not like you can say, oh, well, I'm not getting anything special, so I'll wait till retail. Which I have been guilty of doing myself, where I'm like, okay... I don't really want to pay for this deluxe or I don't have the money or I mean, a million reasons why you just why might wait for retail. Right. Uh, but with this one, he, his games don't go into distribution. So if you miss out on the Kickstarter, it'll still be available. You'll just go to his website. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that you're going to be, you know, saving yourself anything just by doing the Kickstarter other than the fact that it, he's it a small business. It might be a little business. bit cheaper to do yeah, it Kickstarter. Might be. Maybe like $5 less. And, and it's a small business. It's not a big, it's, well, I wouldn't say big company because no game companies are big companies. Right. Well, um, Asmodee, but they're not really a company. They're a conglomerate. Right. Uh, he's, he is a, he's not somebody that goes into distribution. So, you know, this is, this is really one of those. So you're supporting a guy that wants to make a good game. Yeah. That's my little soapbox for the day. And I guess I'll make a quick, because since I said there were two that I wanted to back right now. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Warp's Edge from Renegade Game Studios. And, Interestingly enough, we were oh, just yeah. talking about yeah, a space game. That's a solo game. Yeah. This is also a space game, which I love space games. It's a solo game, which I've learned I don't hate. And this is a bag building game. Both Jared and I like bag building games. So I have never lost a game of quacks. Oh, yeah, that's true. I would like to. <laughs> I would like to lose. I would like to see someone else do well. We'll challenge you to that. But yeah. anyway, so this is a bag building game. The idea behind the game is that you are a pilot and you were separated from the your fleet and you're like really really far out in space you have no idea how to get home you've been trying to warp and every warp that you've taken to try to get home is taking you further and further away from your fleet turn the other direction john d i solved the problem turn around <laughs> go the so, other direction i've seen star trek voyager anyway so this one you find yourself the game when it starts you are like on the event like just near the event horizon of like a black hole and yeah, definitely turn around probably so and the the a mothership for your of your enemy is looming nearby so you're all you already have damage shields your ship is already damaged but you know what at this point what else have you got to lose you're going to go up against the mothership and just when you think you're going to blow up you're back and everything's started again right like, it's groundhog day Kind of, yeah. It's like Groundhog Day. But in space. Or uh, Edge of Tomorrow or whatever. No, Groundhog Day is a good movie. Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> is not a good movie. So I mean, it's okay. So that's the premise of the game. Um, every time that you restart, uh, you the, the thematically, you remember what you did last time. So you can use what you did wrong last time to do better this time. Mechanically, that the way that works is the things that you're doing in, the, in one play go into your bag and then you have more of those resources to use the next time through to hopefully uh, eventually take out the, the, the mothership. So I think it's a really cool concept for a game. Um, it's, it's looking like it's going to have some really cool components. It's going to have this like tray that both stores the game and you just kind of take it out and start playing the game, like right out of the tray. So kind of like organizer type tray. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool game. Um, back it or don't. Like, if you don't like solo games, it's probably not for you. Although I feel like you could also just play it as a co-op game. Just everybody kind of just make decisions together. But I think it looks pretty cool. I like bag builders, and I'm looking forward to trying this one. John, dude, why don't why don't why isn't there ever a fathership? Uh, why isn't there all these single motherships out there in the world? <laughs> why what, where, where are all the the fatherships? I I don't know. With that said. Listen to us again in a couple of weeks, and we will be talking about we'll be in, we'll be coming away from cities and diving down under the sea. 
I promise it'll be better. Uh, until next time, Johnny. You can eat shit and dice. Chit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international.